You are listening live to the latest edition of the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Danner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along on this Tuesday afternoon. we got a lot to get to today. We're going to put a bow on NBA and NHL free agency. Plus, we're going to break England's heart here in a little bit. That game got going around 3 o'clock, and they should be going final here within the next hour. I think we open at 1,776 to 1 odds to win that. Like the spread is 1,776. Something like that. It's going to be fun seeing the women move on to the World Cup final. I tell you what, we've got that and a lot more to get to over the course of the next hour. But I want to start with something that touched me yesterday. Really, really got me feeling, got me thinking. It was reported just after we signed off yesterday that Tyler Skaggs was found dead in his hotel room in Texas. He was a pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels. Right now, there is no cause of death. There is no foul play suspected. There's no indication of suicide. The Angels ended up postponing last night's game. I remember him when he came up to Minneapolis and he pitched against the Twins. The Twins happened to be celebrating Minnesota Vikings night at the ballpark. Tyler Skaggs is a Vikings fan. And he looked so happy. He was on field. He was with the Vikings players. He got to play catch with Kirk Cousins. He took them out as recently as Saturday. And just like that, he's gone. And 27 years old, and certainly they can use our thoughts and prayers. And by they, I mean the angels, all of his family and friends, his young wife. So our thoughts and prayers with Tyler Skaggs and all his loved ones in the Angels organization. And I tell you what, when a baseball player passes away, it's really felt game-wide. Immediately after the news broke, almost every other team in Major League Baseball tweeted from their official account, rest in peace, Tyler, something of that nature. You were seeing players on their personal Instagram posting pictures of him. And it's comparable in some ways to Jose Fernandez when he passed away a few years ago, Jordano Ventura being another one. But baseball seems to do it best. They uniquely come together. There's a unique bond that brings baseball players together seemingly unlike any other professional sport. That's been on my mind lately, and I'm sure it's been a lot of your minds as well. I tell you what, let's transition from that and let's get into NBA and NHL free agency. Here's what's been happening in NBA. This is just from yesterday, by the way. I've got the list in front of me. It's a long one, but we're going to get through it. We're going to speed through it. All these moves happened yesterday. The Bucks signed Wesley Matthews. That's an underrated move, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. The Bulls pick up Thomas Sadoransky. They signed him to a three-year deal via sign-and-trade with Washington. The Celtics pick up Enos Cantor, two-year $10 million deal. I'm happy about that. The Knicks pick up Wayne Ellington. They signed him to a two-year $16 million deal. Big one yesterday is the Heat trade Hassan Whiteside to Portland. In return, they get Myers Leonard and Mo Harkless. Then an even bigger one, the Heat follow it up by getting Jimmy Butler. They trade a lottery-protected, that's important, lottery-protected 2023 first-round pick to L.A., as in the Clippers. Clippers had to be part of this trade. Josh Richardson is going to Philadelphia. Utah waves Raul Neto. Then the Kings pick up Rashawn Holmes. He's on a two-year, $10 million deal. The Knicks... They strike out, and they try to make up for it by getting Alfred Payton on a two-year, $16 million contract. The Lakers, yeah, the Lakers signed a guard, but it's Troy Daniels. A one-year deal, $2.1 million. By the way, he shot 40% from behind the arc last year. That's a good move for L.A. They get him on a cheap deal, a one-year deal, and they address their shooting needs. Still got a way to go, but that is a good move for the Lakers. The Magic sign Michael Carter-Williams to a one-year deal. The Mavericks get J.J. Barea, one-year deal worth $2.6 million. Seth Curry is now a Dallas Maverick. Four-year deal, $32 million, and then Dallas wasn't done as they get Maxi Kleber to a four-year, $35 million deal. Tim Frazier, former Buck, he's heading to Detroit. The Raptors get the Iceman. Matt Thomas, Iowa State alum, is on a three-year, $4.2 million deal. He was playing over in Europe. Makes his way back to the States. The Rockets get Austin Rivers, son of Doc Rivers, to a two-year veterans minimum. The 76ers bring in Kylo Quinn, a one-year, $2.1 million deal. Phoenix gets Frank Kaminsky to a two-year, $10 million deal. Madger fans, you remember him. The Thunder sign Alec Burks. Portland. 
After trading Mo Harkless, they make up for it by signing Anthony Tolliver to a one-year $2.6 million deal. The Timberwolves signed Jordan Bell, a one-year $1.6 million deal, and the Warriors resigned Kevon Looney, big move, to a three-year $15 million deal. Ish Smith, he is now a Washington Wizard, two-year $12 million, and then Isaiah Thomas. I'm always going to be an Isaiah Thomas fan, one-year veterans minimum with Washington. That is all that went down as far as NBA free agency moves yesterday. I told you we'd get through it. We'd get through that list. Who are the big winners and losers from NBA free agency? It was a good day for the Milwaukee Bucks. you got to feel really good if you're Milwaukee. Wesley Matthews, he's an underrated signing for Milwaukee. He's going to provide reinforcements in the backcourt. He's an underrated basketball player, and Milwaukee's the right system for him. He doesn't have to come in there and have any kind of expectations But just go out there and ball. No pressure. Just contribute. It's the perfect fit for Milwaukee and Wesley Matthews. Enos Cantor going to Boston. He is the replacement for Al Horford. Are we sleeping on the Celtics? I'm biased. I'll say that straight up. I'm biased as a Boston fan. I got a Celtics shirt on right now. But Boston is replacing Kyrie Irving and Al Horford with Kemba Walker and Enes Cantor. Plus, they hold on to that young core that's been very good for them the last couple of years. Tatum, Brown, Smart, and Gordon Hayward. They did lose Terry Rozier, and they do lose Aaron Baines. But the big story is substituting Kemba and Cantor for Kyrie and Horford. Are the Celtics in a worse place than they were last year? Are they that much worse off? They may not be better than they were last year, but I don't think they're any worse off. Boston's still in a pretty good spot. If you're a Boston fan like I am, you feel like you have the same expectations you did a year ago. I'm not sure that they upgraded at their starting big man or point guard positions, but I don't think they got any worse this offseason. I tell you what, the more and more I think about it, the less and less I like the Philadelphia 76ers free agency moves. It should have been priority one to re-sign Jimmy Butler. Instead, he walks. They end up offering max money to Tobias Harris and Al Horford. They do get Josh Richardson, too, but he's a complimentary piece and a guy who I feel his best days are behind him. So now you've got Al Horford, who can shoot better than your starting point guard, on a four-year deal that's going to expire when he's 37. Al Horford's a great player. There are some teams I think would benefit from giving him the max. If they need him, go get him. Because he can still contribute. He can still ball at a high level. But Philadelphia took a 33-year-old that struggled with injury in the past, and they're going to pay him until he's 37, and then they turn around and they give max money to Tobias Harris as well. I don't know about those moves. I don't give Horford that money at his age, and I just don't give Tobias Harris that money. He's not worth max money. He's a good player, but I'm not going to give him max money. Philly overpaid in this situation, and they're still trying to build around Ben Simmons, who cannot shoot, that just won't fly in this NBA, and Joel Embiid, who's yet to play a full season, probably won't ever, the way that he has been susceptible to injury. And yet Stephen A. Smith is optimistic about Philadelphia. Take a listen. I think the team in the East at this particular moment in time is the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, you may have lost Jimmy Butler, but to acquire um, Al Horford, to re-sign Tobias Harris, to know that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are working on their games, to literally have that level of length on the defensive side of the ball with Horford, Embiid, um, and obviously you got a Ben Simmons as well. You're talking about a very, very long front line. You're going to have to be a good perimeter shooting team to have a good night against the 76ers defense this upcoming season. I don't agree, Stephen A. I don't think that adding Al Horford on a max contract, trying to replace Jimmy Butler with Al Horford, makes you better. That doesn't elevate Philly to being the top dog in the Eastern Conference, regardless of what Kawhi Leonard decides to do about Toronto. Philadelphia is certainly going to have length defensively. Stephen A. even said that you need to be a good perimeter shooting team to beat the length that they have, that they provide on defense. The thing is, everybody in the NBA can shoot. Everybody is building around this model that Philadelphia refuses to, and that is invest in perimeter shooters. And yet Philadelphia keeps trying to make it work with Ben Simmons. It's never going to work. It's just never going to work. I'm very adamant about that. Ben Simmons is a great player. There are a lot of guys in the NBA who can't shoot. 
but they still have successful NBA careers. Ben Simmons is not going to have that in Philadelphia. He needs to get out of Philadelphia, and they need to quit building around him and Embiid as their top two options because it is never going to work. I don't see how Philadelphia got better in the short term by replacing Jimmy Butler with Al Horford, and I don't see how it works out for him in the long term. This is not a team that's going to contend even for the Eastern Conference crown right now. The roster as is made up right now, Tobias Harris, again, he's a great complimentary piece. Not just a good complimentary piece, but he's a great complimentary piece. But he's not worth max money. Tobias Harris, Embiid, Simmons, Horford, and somebody else. That lineup has second round exit written all over it. And other than not bringing back Jimmy Butler, although their hands were kind of tied in that situation, their biggest mistake on the first day of free agency, and this was quietly one of the biggest wins of this free agency cycle that nobody's talking about, they didn't bring back J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick signed a two-year deal with the Pelicans. I'm a little surprised J.J. Redick did that. He could have got four easily. He's that good of a shooter. Some team wants him as a complimentary piece. And could you imagine if teams knew that J.J. Redick was willing to take that kind of a deal? what the bidding might have been for him. The Pelicans get the quietest win of the draft. The Pelicans are going to be a playoff team. They're just building something really special. Give credit to David Griffin in that front office. But no, Stephen A., I don't agree. This Philadelphia team is set up for a second-round exit in the short term. Maybe even worse than that in the long term. Because Embiid can't stay healthy. Simmons is never going to develop a jump shot. Horford is aging out, and you're going to pay him max money until he's 37. And Tobias Harris just isn't worth max money. That's the situation that Philadelphia is in right now. If there's one team in the Eastern Conference that is going to get worse this year, it would be Philadelphia. I tell you what, who else took a risk? Switching over to NHL now, who else took the biggest risk? You can argue that Horford was the biggest risk in the NBA, but who was the biggest risk in the NHL side? I tell you what, the Florida Panthers had what I thought was a really good day yesterday in the first day of NHL for any agency. I thought the Florida Panthers won the day. But there's some risk involved to that. And we're truly not going to know if they won today until this season plays out. But they got one of the best goaltenders in the game, and Sergei Bobrovsky. I thought Columbus would be able to hang on to him. They weren't able to. He's a talented goaltender, and he's worth max money anywhere. But Florida gave him seven years. Annually, he's going to get about $10 million over the course of the next seven years. I don't have a problem with the money. I have zero problem with the money. He's one of the best goalies in the league. Pay the man. Give Joe Quenville some weapons. Can you imagine that? Coach Q and Bobrovsky together? Florida could have a pretty good team this year. But the seven years, that's what worries me. How long can you keep him healthy and efficient? Can you do that when he's 37? There's some risk involved with it with Florida. If they could assign him to four with that money, that'd be perfect. Four-year deal on that contract, perfect. There's some risk involved, but ultimately... I think they did the right thing. I think you got to do this. you got to take the chance and get Bobrovsky. And they are taking a big chance. They spent a lot of money yesterday. In fact, the Panthers spent a total of $104.5 million yesterday. The Panthers are not afraid to spend money. They just got a great head coach, a guy who never should have been fired, and they are going to give him some pieces to work with. Yesterday, they had a great day as far as free agency goes. They got Bobrovsky, which... Again, there's some risk involved when you give him a seven-year contract at his age, but it's ultimately one that you got to do. I think it'll end up being a good deal. They also picked up Anton Strowman, defenseman from Tampa Bay, Brett Connolly, a talented winger with Washington, and Noel Acciari, who was a big part of the Bruins' run to the Cup Final this year. Watch for Florida, and the Panthers could be the team that jumps out of nowhere this year. They were making headlines yesterday. They weren't afraid to spend money. And that's what you want if you're a rookie head coach. You want it for an office that is going to spoil you. By the way, Bobrovsky famous for wearing the jersey number 72 when he was with Columbus. That number is occupied on the Florida roster by Frank Vetrano. However, he will give the jersey number up to Bobrovsky in exchange for a Rolex and one year's worth of free dinner. And Bob, on his salary, he can afford it. His contract, the second richest for a goalie behind only Carey Price. Bobrovsky is heading to Florida. There's some risk involved, but the payoff for this risk is much greater than the potential payoff with Philadelphia, Al Horford, and Tobias Harris. Hey, coming up, John Michael Hofling from ABC10 is going to join me. It's not Wednesday, 
but he's got other plans he's doing tomorrow. He's going to join us next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UB. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along. John Michael Hofling from ABC10 joins us. He's going to have some other obligations tomorrow, so we're moving his day up a day. What's up? Those other obligations you're talking about, uh, Thursday throwdown, going to make its return. Travis Ojala, defensive MVP mm-hmm. from the UP All-Star game. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good one. You're going to try like, and burn him for a touchdown? Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. Uh, we're going to see how well he defends me because uh, <laughs> I think I got him by a couple inches. In well, terms you're of, in tall terms of enough guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe you know, I, maybe you know, I can just you know sit there and try to out jump him. Although I'm not sure what his vertical is, but it's definitely higher than mine. Did you play football back in the day? Uh, I did for a little bit. I was a quarterback. I would have pegged you as a receiver. What? What? Because I'm tall. Yeah. I mean, I was the, I was this height when I was uh, when I was 12. So is that right? Yeah, I wow. never grew. Like from middle school on, never grew. I was six one in middle school. Do you play basketball? I'm sure you've gotten that quite a bit. I mean, I did, but I didn't at all. I couldn't jump. Uh, all, all I did was swim. I was I was water sports man. Swim, That's right. You're a polo pole. guy. Yeah. What is equestrian? Is that a water sport? No, no, no. That's uh, that that's horse stuff. That's stuff on horses. When I hear equestrian, it makes me think water sports. Because aqua, like equa. I don't aqua. know. I'm not sure if that feels right. It'll come to me, but okay. I, I tell you, I don't think of horses when I think of equestrian. A lot of people think of horses when they hear water polo. I think, yeah, horses yeah. and polo. That makes a yeah, lot of yeah. sense to me. But but there's no horses. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> I tell you what, John Michael Hoefling joining us on this Tuesday afternoon. Free agency has been fun so far in both the NHL and the NBA. But before we get too far into that, I want to get your thoughts on your favorite team designed to retire Kevin Durant's jersey number. I don't, okay, personally, I don't think they should have. Like, yeah, yeah Kevin Durant was great. We won two titles with him. But it's three seasons. Mm-hmm. It's three seasons. <laughs> Could you imagine if Luke Voigt's jersey number got retired after this year? Mm-hmm. Yankees don't have enough left. Even if they, even, yeah, that's true. <laughs> even if they won the World Series this year, which I think is a very likely possibility. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if they won the World Series this year, Luke Voigt was there for such a short amount of time, everybody would be like, why? Has Washington, the Wizards, did they retire Michael Jordan's jersey? I don't think so. Because I'm trying to think, if you've got a player for a short amount of time, and arguably the greatest in the world... Would that be a case to do it? But if the Wizards I, 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 I haven't set that precedent, I don't think Michael Jordan was the greatest in the world at the time. At he the was time, the really? Well, no. I mean, he he was the greatest player of all time. Yeah, yeah. And it's not because of his days with the Wizards. Yet, because he has that distinction, or did have that in a lot of people's eyes, the fact that he played for him might be reason to do that. But if they haven't, then there's not a precedent for the Warriors to do so. Yeah, but they I, don't care. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say there is. And he. I will say uh, it was Joe Lacob who said it, right? Yeah, pretty sure it was Joe Lacob. Joe Lacob said, "As long as I'm chairman, nobody's going to wear that number." Mm-hmm. So maybe somebody else is going to wear that number once he retires or something like that. It's a fan base too that hated. They had some level of hatred for KD during his time there, and they loved him the most well, when he got hurt. Well, we didn't hate him. We just questioned <laughs> him. You wanted Curry to be the top dog. We do want Curry to be the top dog because, like, we're ta- we take a look back at what were considered like the glory days, the, the up and coming back when everybody loved the Warriors when they mm-hmm. won their first title. The Warriors were the golden child, right? Sure. Uh, and then they went seventy three and nine, son KD, and that's when they became the villains. <laughs> you look back at those. Curry won two straight MVPs. He was the face of the league. He was on pace to be arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Then you bring on Kevin Durant. We don't have the same success in the regular season. Yeah, we win the title. But there's always that question in the back of your head where it's like, we won 73-9 without KD. Mm-hmm. So now we won 61 games. That's a 12-win difference. Like, do you do feel have... differently after seeing how the finals played out without Kevin Durant? Yeah. I, I mean, it, you can go back and watch all the shows I've been on here. <laughs> you can see my progression. I go from, oh, the Warriors are a better team without Kevin Durant. Okay, maybe the Warriors are a better regular season team without Durant. Now I'm like, the Warriors are just not as good without Kevin Durant. And it makes sense. And, I, you know, I feel ridiculous uh, thinking about it now just being like, 
one of the best players in the world. You don't have him anymore. You're not as good. I feel ridiculous for ever thinking that. <laughs> but I guess it happens. But I tell you what, which fan base is going to be more upset about the following? The Warriors that Kevin Durant's jersey number is being retired before Curry's or... <laughs> well, nobody's, what? Nobody's going to be upset about that. Curry, oh, sure they Curry, are. You Curry, can't tell me the no, Warriors Curry, won't be upset about Curry's that. Curry's still playing. <laughs> so is Durant. Yeah, but at least Durant's not on the not on the Warriors anymore. It's like, it's like, hey, Curry, we're going to retire your number because Durant. <laughs> hey, you, you, you can't wear your you can't wear your own number. You anymore. can't tell me the way that that fan base was indifferent to Durant. Maybe not hated him, but they were indifferent that there's well, somebody who the, doesn't have a they're, problem. They're not indifferent to him anymore. Right. I'll say that. When he tried to play through injury, that's what people loved him the most for. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, <laughs> it was just don't take the spotlight away from Curry. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need to bring that back up. Okay, so it's either that, which I think you're going to go with the latter, or when LeBron passes Kobe's scoring record. As a Laker? As a Laker. Yeah. There are still diehard Kobe fans out there. Mm-hmm. Who did he just pass a couple of months ago? Whose record was it? Do you remember? Was it Kareem's? Was it Kareem's no. scoring record no, with the Kareem. Lakers? Oh, with the Lakers, maybe. With the Lakers, yeah. Maybe. LeBron passed him at Staples Center, and he got kind of a polite golf clap. Once he does pass Kobe for Lakers points, he's going to get booed out of the arena. You think so? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> if it came down to Kobe and LeBron, Kobe is that guy for Laker yeah. fans. No, LeBron's just an outsider. No question. There will always be diehard Kobe fans, and until LeBron went... There, there was a thing I saw, and it's, it's ridiculous. There's a thing I saw where uh, LeBron should have asked a couple Lakers, Kobe fans, uh, what will it take for you to accept me? Mm-hmm. And Kobe won five championships, mm-hmm. and they asked for eight. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's not even as many as Kobe won. You're going to ask LeBron to do more than what Kobe did with a lesser team, without Shaquille O'Neal, without Paul Gasol, without Steve Nash, it's it's ridiculous sometimes. What year was it that they had all five starters make the All-Star game and then they got swept in the first round of the playoffs? Yep, I remember those exact five, too. It was, yep. was Meta World Peace, a.k.a. Ron Artest, a.k.a. whatever you want to call him now. <laughs> the Panda's friend. Yeah, the Panda's friend. Yeah, we were talking about And then Paul and Nash and Kobe. Who's yeah. the fifth starter in that team? It wasn't Derek Fisher. Dwight Howard. Oh, he was Dwight Howard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that team gets swept out in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I remember it was Dwight Howard because Sports Illustrated did the whole thing, and like Dwight Howard was, he he called himself Superman at the time, so mm-hmm. they did this thing where Kobe was Batman and stuff like that, and so that's Kobe how didn't like that. No, I guess not. And then they end up splitting up on bad terms, and both of them are effectively out of the league now. <laughs> you think Dwight Howard still has anything left to offer a team? Yeah, think yeah, so. But, I mean. He has flashes of greatness. It's the same thing with Derrick Rose. Yeah, mm-hmm. Derrick Rose still has stuff to offer. The, his fifty-point game is is a is a. Tribute. It's an anomaly it, it, right yeah, now. It's an anomaly, but it still happens occasionally, which is enough. Like if that happens one game, he provided some, right? Dwight Howard had that thirty-rebound game mm-hmm. not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. And uh, that's something spectacular in and of itself. I still think the Pistons signing Derrick Rose was a big win for them. Win? You think it was a win? I think it was a win, yeah. He puts up barely, barely better numbers than Reggie Jackson. Mm, I think he'll be a significant upgrade over Jackson. I don't know about that. I think so. I think he'll draw a little bit more attention just because of name recognition, but also the best capability is availability, right? You can make the argument, but I like Derrick Rose in, uh, in Dwayne Casey's system. I like Derrick Rose, too, but he gets hurt, mm-hmm. and I think that there were cheaper options like Reggie Jackson. That could have been uh, that could have been the guy instead. I'm not even a Pistons fan, and I'm tired of Reggie Jackson already. I keep waiting for him to take that next step, and he never does. I mean, he's fine; he's a capable backup guard, but I don't that's think he should about, be a starter. That's how I feel about Derrick Rose now. That's how you probably capable. feel about Bryce Harper. Yeah, yeah Bryce Harper is a very capable backup. <laughs> uh, my gosh, moving to Bryce Harper for a second, and when when it was like rumored that he was going to the Giants, I just oh I, no. <laughs> No. Would you like having him on the Giants right now? Just so I can make fun of him, yeah. <laughs> they need someone to be good on that team. I don't. You know what? They got pieces. Uh, they're going to trade Will Smith and Madison Bumgarner, and probably, no. probably Brandon Belt, and uh, they'll get some pieces. Hope the Twins can pick up Will Smith. I'd like him. Yeah, Will Smith's been great. Yeah, and Giants are actually starting to you know put together a little winning streak. Yeah, small little. That, that's what I've noticed. But this just shows you how bad they are. <laughs> Is for the past like five days, I've always looked at my phone and I get updates on giant scores, right? Mm-hmm. 
and I always see, oh, Giants extend their lead, Giants extend their lead, Giants win. And I'm like, oh, geez, they're putting together, like, mm-hmm. all right, let's see how good they are in the standings. And they're like, 12 games under 500. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they were bad. <laughs> I think they're at 10 right now. I think they're 37 and 47. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds great. Are the Giants ever going to be, that would be a poll question if we were Levitard, will the Giants ever not be 10 games under 500? <laughs> One more win, man, and it's against the Padres. That's, yep. not, that's not an unwinnable game. No. Yeah. Uh, but I tell you what, when you think back about the moves that have been made in NBA free agency, you see if you agree with me on this. I said this in the first segment. The most quiet victory from free agency thus far has been New Orleans getting J.J. Redick. I don't know. And they got him on a two-year deal. I think uh, Utah getting Bojan Bogdanovic. Yep. That was a good that, one. That, that's, a, that's a really big one that's flying under the radar. Mm-hmm. New Orleans getting J.J. Redick is fine and all. It's good. He plays defense, shoots threes. But they don't have enough scoring options, enough like solid, legitimate scoring options. Right now, Zion's their number one, right? Mm-hmm. So J.J. Redick, he's, he can shoot, he can score, but he's not a scoring option. He's not somebody you give the ball to right. in this situation. So... Like, I think that's a good signing. I think he'll be a good role player, but they need somebody else who can actually, like, facilitate an offense or you want the ball in their hands with the game on the line. They have a chance to actually sneak into the playoffs. They're not going to make a run, oh, but they could. not just sneak in. I think they I think they could win a playoff series. I mean, as long as Kawhi doesn't come to the West, then. <laughs> I, I mean, I still think the Lakers aren't, aren't that great. I, they need they one Kawhi. more. Unless they get Kawhi. If they get Kawhi, then. <laughs> Just adding Anthony Davis to that group from last year, for me, that still doesn't put them over it's the top. It's not even me. the same group from last year. There's no Brandon Ingram and no Lonzo Ball. That's probably a good thing. No, what? Oh, yeah. Brandon Ingram's great. Oh, he is well, not and Lonzo Ball's Lonzo Ball's underrated. Oh, my gosh. He is. Other than his shooting, uh, he's what, he's top 12 in the league in terms of assists, rebounds, and steals. How is that not good? Is LeVar sending you a check? No. No, I, I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying he's good. He cannot shoot. He cannot score. Mm. He's like a worse version of Ben Simmons. Mm. But everything other than shooting, he is fine at. I'm not saying he should be a scoring option, but I'm saying that putting him out there doesn't make you a worse team. In fact, his well, his efficiency rating is above league average. How about this debate I heard on the Will Kane show a few weeks ago? Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram. Is there any comparison? Yeah. You think so? I think Brandon Ingram is that good. You think, is he better than Tatum? No. Yeah. He's not better than Tatum, but I think it's close. I think putting them in the same sentence isn't out of the question. Mm. Tatum has the name recognition, but I think Brandon Ingram is good enough to be brought up in the same sentence. I think a lot of their numbers were fairly comparable from their sophomore seasons, but the thing for me is Tatum has done it at a high level in the Eastern Conference Finals, whereas Ingram has never even made the playoffs. Well, here, here's the thing, okay? Eastern Conference. Yeah. And... Lakers. <laughs> I want to piggyback off that a little bit, but we got to take a timeout. Uh, more after this, I want to ask you about your new point guard over in Golden State oh, after yeah. this in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops with you along with John Michael Hofling. Here's your Sports Center update. American Sam Query has upset Dominic Team in the opening round of Wimbledon. Team, the French Open runner-up, is the third top ten player already bounced in the opening round. This comes one day after 15-year-old Corey Goff shocked Venus Williams in the opening round. She became the youngest player to win a match at Wimbledon. Another Yankee is going to miss time. I mean, they just can't stay healthy. Yeah, but they're still good. It's not a player. It is veteran play-by-play man John Sterling. Sterling, who turns 81 on Thursday, has not missed a Yankee broadcast since 1989, but he will miss tonight's with an undisclosed health issue. Oh, and by the way, Luke Voigt also hit the IL. Ah. (laughs) They just can't stay healthy. He suffered an abdominal strain in London. And finally, a guy who has a knack for breaking world records does it again. He balanced a running lawnmower, blade spinning and everything, on his chin for 3 minutes and 52 seconds. He looked straight up in the air, balanced a running lawnmower on his chin. Did it for almost four minutes. Why? It, it, to raise awareness for, what was it that he was raising? He was, this is going to kill me. He was raising awareness, raising awareness for something. Raising awareness for everybody who dies at the hands of lawnmowers <laughs> on their chin? I've got it. I've got it here, but he's been practicing 
for three years. I got to look it up what he was raising awareness for. Otherwise, it kind of defeats the purpose. How do you even practice that? I, I know. How can you possibly <laughs> prepare for that? And then when the moment comes, how do you do it? Do you practice without the lawnmower running? I would assume that would be about do, the only way. Yeah, but if you do, like, doesn't the lawnmower, like, vibrate? You would think. It's running? So, like, that would throw off the whole thing. Maybe practices without blades? Why are, why are these even world records? Why are we <laughs> condoning this stuff? <laughs> like, someone had to previously have this record. Yeah. And it turns out he was promoting STEM education. I thought it was going to be for, like, I, I don't, you know, I, disease or something. I, I don't get how that's... Okay. Promote education by balancing a running chainsaw on our chair. <laughs> like... Let's teach that, kids. Let's hey, promote that, being that, smart. That's smart, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along in this Tuesday afternoon. Well, D'Angelo Russell is coming over to Golden State. Some people criticize that move. I think it's a good move. I can't tell. You honestly. can't tell? Not yet. Uh, I go back and forth on it. Jury's still out on it. Yeah. I mean, he's a point guard. Mm-hmm. But we got Steph. Yep. And we got Quinn Cook. Mm-hmm. Quinn Cook's a good scorer. He can be. Yeah, he can be. Uh, Do you still have Livingston? Yeah, we still have Livingston, too. Okay. So that's three point guards. Now you're adding a fourth. And it's like, all right, we're going to move him to the two spot. But then Clay Thompson is going to be back in early March. And mm-hmm. let's face it, the Warriors are still good enough to make the playoffs. They are. But you're adding another all-star. Yeah, but... <sighs> so the Celtics added Kyrie. What did that do? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Some places just aren't good fits. Yeah. But he's a talented ball player. He is good. I mean... And he's he has experience on the West Coast, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Maybe not good experience, yeah, but he's yeah. got experience. <laughs> but personally, I just don't I, I don't see it working out. But the only thing keeping me from saying it's not a good move is he's an all star mm-hmm. and he's a scoring option yep. on a team that's now devoid of scoring options. Mm-hmm. I mean, Draymond Green's not going to be a scoring option anytime soon. No, Andre Iguodala was solid, but now he's gone. Yep, and Demarcus Cousins isn't re-signed. Mm-hmm. And even if they re-sign Demarcus Cousins. I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. People don't talk about Boogie still being on the market enough. He's a four-time All-Star, Apparently, albeit banged yeah. up, but he's still out there unsigned. Woj says he's not even going to get a mid-level contract. I heard that. I'm surprised by that, to say the least. I would love it if the Warriors re-signed him. Uh, yeah, why I, wouldn't you? I did my fair share of like bagging on DeMarcus Cousins, mm-hmm. but for veteran minimum. I mean, he's but, still got something that he could contribute to. Yeah. I don't he's think he's washed than, up completely. There's, there's no way he's worse than Dwight Howard. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Frank Kaminsky just got a new deal. Yeah, there's got to be some some team out there that needs him. Badger fans don't like that, but come on, Boogie, Frank Kaminsky, they're not comparable. They're not. No, and Boogie's still out there. He would be serviceable to somebody, even in a reserve role where you don't have to pay him. Just give him a one-year deal, veterans minimum. Yeah, that's what the Warriors did. I don't know why teams yeah. are struggling to do this. I would love it. The, the Warriors need a big man. I mm-hmm. mean, they just got Kevon Looney again, but you could put DeMarcus at power forward. Put Dream on that small forward, mm-hmm. put D'Angelo at the two, Curry at the one. All of a sudden, that's a pretty winning lineup. Good move re-signing Kevon Looney, too. Yeah, great Played move. really well during the playoffs. That was a good one. Celtics were looking at him. I'm happy with who they get. They get Inez Cantor. That's, that's, that's really that's a good. good move. Yeah. I brought this up in my first segment. Are the Celtics that much worse than they were last year? Like, are they in a worse spot last year no. replacing? Exactly. Exactly. Everyone acts like I the Celtics Kemba. aren't going to be a contender in the East again. Because they're replacing Kyrie with Kemba, Horford with Cantor. Personally, okay, Horford with Cantor, I think that that's definitely a downgrade. But mm. personally, I think Kemba in the right system could put up as good or better numbers than Damian Lillard. The, the Celtics have been such a strange team to watch mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. Isaiah Thomas, with that thing, they were the number one seed. Then all of a sudden they're the number one seed again without Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward. So I don't know how anybody can say they're better off because the team is so, like, backwards. Where mm-hmm. even with the best personnel, they couldn't put together a season with... They could, couldn't put together as good a season with Terry Rogier and, and Marcus Smart leading the way. Some of that, I think, is going to fall on Danny Ainge. And he's starting to draw a little bit of criticism. I do think he's a really good general manager. I think he understands the game well. He keeps the Celtics relevant. They're always going to be relevant but if your expectation is championships like it is in Boston, you're probably not too happy with a guy whose most memorable deal that he's worked out was robbing the Nets blind a few years ago, <laughs> dumping off Paul Pierce. Yeah, I don't know. The jury's still out on Danny Ainge. I tend to like him, but he hasn't drafted well. I mean, he's never drafted a player that's gone on to be an all-star. You don't have to. 
no successful team. No, and he does build successful teams, but only one championship during that time. Yeah, and you know what they say, or this was a quote by Portland's GM. I can't remember what his name is. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's worse, it's better to be bad than to be stuck in the treadmill of mediocrity. Yes. Where, you, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? Where, and I did a whole article on this where I compared the VORPs, which is value over replacement player, mm-hmm. for every pick since 2010 mm-hmm. uh, from 1 to 10 and 11 to 20. And basically, every pick from 1 to 10 is about 7 VORP points ahead of the average pick from 11 to 20, which means that you're going to, as a team, with that just that one player compared to a player picked 11 to 20, you're going to have about seven more regular season wins per season. That's crazy to mm-hmm. think about. That's a lot. It's that whole thing where they're just on the cusp of being good, but they're never going to be good enough to get that title or right. get back to that one title, right? Because the Celtics' highest draft pick in recent memory is one of their better players in Tatum. Yeah, and the only reason they got that is because of the Brooklyn trade for yep. Kevin Garnett. Uh, I think that the best way to become a great team is uh, is signing and trading for like veteran stars, mm-hmm. but the draft helps. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Celtics aren't going to get any good draft picks, it means that they're going to have to either convince players to come to Boston, which Boston is a desirable destination because of their history, but I wouldn't say it's like New York or the West Coast or Florida, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Maybe yeah, they wouldn't it, do that. It would be, yeah. It'd be. I'm not saying nobody's going to say yes. Obviously, Kemba did, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit tougher than trying to convince somebody. Hey, Florida, South Beach, mm-hmm. party scene. Even even Jimmy Butler, who said in his, I think his high school yearbook, he said, "I will never wear a Miami Heat jersey." Mm-hmm. He's on the Miami Heat now because <laughs> Miami's just a good destination that people want to live in. It's like a college football coach trying to recruit a five star player. Do you want to come to the University of Miami? Or do you want to play in the University of Minnesota system? Yeah. Or do you want do you want to go to Arkansas? Or do you want to go to USC? Like, yeah. <laughs> SEC. Yeah. Alabama wouldn't be a place I guess a lot of people want to live, and they're just, figuring just, things just, out. Well, I think there's a difference with college. The difference between college and professional in that aspect is mm-hmm. college players still have something to prove, so right. they're willing to take a step back for two to three years just to get. The spotlight, and you're going to get the spotlight when you're in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Whereas professional, you've made it. Mm-hmm. You got nowhere else to go. Go you, out and have fun. Yeah, you can choose. You can choose where you go now. Uh, but I tell you what, what do you think of the Bucks move that they made yesterday? I think it's underrated and not being talked about enough. I have not heard about this. Wesley yet. Matthews. What do you mean? Eh? I've always thought Wesley Matthews was an eh player. Yeah, but he's coming into a system like he can ball, and he's coming into a system where he doesn't have, like, any expectations. He could be a third-string guard. There's going to be no pressure on him. He's got good help. Just from his days in Dallas, those are the only days I remember him from. I'm not mm-hmm. even sure if he went to another team. But he was always overshadowed by somebody else, and he was supposed to be this guy that was, oh, he, he's he's part of the Dirk team. He, he was he was a special part of that. But I just never, I never saw it. I never noticed it. I never heard anything about him. When it came to Dallas, I always heard about Dirk or Harrison Barnes or Kristaps or Luka or anybody else, even back when Monte Ellis was on that team. This free agency period has been fun. I mean, we've already set seven records. Seven different franchises have given out the most expensive contract in franchise history. I like the whole thing where if you're above average in the NBA, you're going to get a max contract. Tobias Harris, not deserving of max money, yet Philadelphia gave him the most expensive contract in Philly history. They set that record, Damian Lillard signing with the Blazers, Chris Middleton and the Bucks, which also sets the record for second-round picks. The Nets and Kevin Durant, the Mavs and Chris Stapps, Jimmy Butler to the Heat, and the Celtics getting Kemba. Isn't uh, Damian Lillard the first player ever to make over 50000 a year? Mm-hmm. $50 million, sorry. Yep. That's crazy. How great is that? All this happened... Dame Dollar signed for real now. <laughs> all this happened on Bobby Vanilla Day. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love July 1st and all the stats that come with it. And I'm sure Bobby Vanilla loves July 1st. <laughs> like, it's better than his birthday. What better day is there when you see the worst contract in sports <laughs> history... And you see other people handing out bad contracts. Bobby Vanilla, he is still getting paid by the New York Mets. Every year on July 1st until 2035, he will make $1,193,248.20. Every year until 
the year 2035. I think that was the contract where people were like, yeah, we're not going to do stuff like that anymore. <laughs> I think Albert Pujols might be the only player in sports that has something like that in his contract. Chris Davis has something similar. Well, Chris Davis, well, Chris Davis is only going to get paid through when he through his contract, his current like playing contract. He's not going to get paid after him. He's going to get paid every year by Baltimore until he's 51 years old. Oh, good goodness gracious. <laughs> he has 42 million in deferred money. His contract will end after 2022. The Orioles are going to pay him three and a half million every July 1st from 2023 to 2032. And then they'll pay him $1.4 million every July 1st until 2037. Yikes. That's taken over, man. Man. Bobby Benilla, by the way, I love this. This could be stat of the day. Bobby Benilla made more money yesterday than 21 players who are going to be in the that. All-Star game. I saw that. That's incredible. <laughs> Pete Alonzo, Sandy Alcantara, Mike Soroka, John Means, Austin Meadows, Daniel Vogelbach, Luis Castillo, David Dahl, Jeff McNeil, Walker Bueller, Lucas Giolito, Matt Chapman, Josh Bell, Cody Bellinger. How's he on that list? I don't know. There are a couple guys. Matt Chapman was an MVP candidate yep. last year. Alex Bregman, Gary Sanchez, Joey Alex Gallo. Alex Bregman? Yeah, how's Bregman on this list? This has to be the rookie contracts. It has to be. Uh, Wilson Contreras, Josh Hader, Whit Merrifield, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Bregman's making less than Whit Merrifield. I like, I like Whit Merrifield, but not more than Alex Bregman. For, for a while, Mike Trout was making like less than a million a year. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like Baseball's weird, man, because they've got the highest contracts. They've got the most expensive contracts, right, in terms of total value that you'll ever see. But... You got to go through so many years of just like minimum wage type of stuff in the minor leagues to get to it. How do you justify paying Pete Alonso less than Sandy Alcantara, a guy who's making the All Star hey, game man. with a whip of one seventy? Hey man, <laughs> hey man, if, if they accept the contract, what are you going to do about yeah, it? All right. Well, I tell you what. Uh, one more stat of the day before we go to break. Four times in NBA history has a team lost and then added an All Star. It's happened twice in the last three years, the most recent occurrence being Kevin Durant and D'Angelo Russell with Golden State. Back in 2017, the Cavaliers lost Kyrie Irving, and they add Isaiah Thomas. And then you have to go back to 1966, Archie Clark and Wilt Chamberlain for that, 1954. It's, uh, it's a rare it's gonna, occurrence, it's but be, it's becoming more... It's going to become more common, yeah. just because you have, the, the super team is just a normal thing in the NBA now. Mm-hmm. John Michael Hoefling with me, Tanner Hoops. Glad to have you along on ESPN-UP. Let's take our last time out. NHL free agency next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple I Store or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Well, basketball hasn't been the only sport with free agents abounding. The NHL has been doing so as well. Yesterday was a massive day. Some teams came out of it winners, some not so much. A lot of teams were active, but there's a big difference between being active and being successful. I was talking about it earlier. I think Florida ended up being the big winner yesterday. They took a risk on the Bobrovsky contract, but ultimately is one they had to take. I, I think so, too. I think they've, they've taken risks on goaltenders before, and it's worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roberto Luongo, Bobby Lou. Yep. I think that worked out tremendously. Florida's a team that I think they're, they're going to go under the radar before next season. Florida's got a chance at making the yeah. playoffs yeah. next season. Did they get Jonas Donskoy? Or was that another No, team? no, he went to Colorado. Oh, yeah, that's right. Brett Connolly. Oh, yeah. I know they got James Reimer, too. They spent a lot of money yesterday. It's good. They need to. They do. Nobody cares about hockey in Florida right now. <laughs> or if they do, it's Tampa Bay. And now they've got Coach Q. Yeah. They could be a pretty good team next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A team? A, I will say I'm a little saddened for the Sharks. Uh, Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski and Young Astonskoy. Yep, and that's Gust- true. And Gustav Nyquist. <laughs> man, they're cleaning house. I don't like it, man. I know, but, but they did up- resign Timo Meyer. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> it's freed up all this cap. They need to sign somebody else now. Yeah. They need to get somebody good. There are a few names that are still out there. One team that not only won this free agency period, but they've been winning the last few years because 2015, I thought the New York Rangers were heading for major rebuild with their cap situation. And suddenly they've got it figured out, and they look like they're going to be a playoff team again. They got Jacob Truba a few weeks ago, 
And yesterday they pick up Artemi Panarin. That's a good. That's a good get. That's a great get. A guy I wish the Red Wings would have went after. Yeah, Panarin's. I mean, he's the oldest rookie of the year ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the Rangers are a playoff team yet. They'll have a chance. They'll have a chance. Yeah, because I mean, for goodness sake, the Hurricanes made it last year. But and hockey's the the one sport where every team, other than the Arizona Coyotes, has a chance at making the playoffs. Oh, I, have, I think Arizona's going to make it this year. I do. No, they the, just added Phil no. Kessel. They were the last team eliminated last year. They're, yeah, but they're the Coyotes. They're the Coyotes. I, th- I see a run in them this year. Oh, man. I'm calling there, it. There's, a st- there, there's just this aura around, around the Coyotes that doesn't allow them to make the playoffs. Not since 2012, but I think that's going to change this yeah, year. Yeah, but even, the fact, even when they made it, everybody was like, they made it? It, well, yeah, because you don't think of Phoenix as a hockey town. You don't think of them. Well, yeah, you don't think of them as a, not really in any sport right now. Y- yeah, they 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 can't. Yeah, I tell you what, another winner yesterday. They only got one guy, but it was the guy that they've wanted all along. The worst kept secret in all of hockey because we could see it coming a mile away. Nashville gets Matt Duchesne. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good pickup for them. Yeah, it's a great one. Just one guy can make them winners on the first day of free agency. I think so. I think that they're the best team in the West now. Think so? Yeah, I think Calgary's season last year it was great, but it's gonna it's a fluke. It was a fluke. Mark, Mark Giordano's not gonna have the same season that he had. No, yeah. And you can't put it all on the shoulders of Gaudreau. As yeah. good as he is, he's one guy. They did get Cam Talbot. They inadvertently flip goaltenders with Edmonton, and Edmonton gets Mike Smith. I like those. I like both of those guys. I <laughs> if I were Connor McDavid, I'd be punching a hole in my wall right now. <laughs> you gotta build around me. But Ken Holland did not. I mean, fact, he just didn't. When when the Oilers traded away Taylor Hall, that should have been a sign to Connor McDavid. Like, yeah, this this is not going to work gotta out. Got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, another team I thought did really well yesterday, Dallas. I know, I know, you hate to hear it. They did lose... I, 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 will, be on, I, I will tell you, the, they did lose Jason Spezza. Is that what you were about to say? I, I was going to say Zuccarello, but Spezza too. Yeah, so they lost Spezza and Zuccarello, but Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski. Oh, man. That's, That's great. a scoring machine yeah. right there. Scory Perry and Captain America. And it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get. And here's the thing with Joe Pavel. I, I get why he wanted to leave, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's been the best offensive option on that team now for some time. But no matter what, it will always be Joe Thornton's team. Mm-hmm. Jumbo. Yeah, it will always be Jumbo's team. So I get why he felt like he had to abandon ship. And sort of go somewhere else. But it makes sense. Captain America going to Dallas, yep. Texas, the Stars. A team that's on the rise. They've yeah. finally got their guy in net. They've got a capable goaltender. And they've got a really good head coach who's becoming a rising star. Yeah. So I tell you what, a team that had a tough day yesterday, to say the least. Columbus. They took their hits. They knew what they were getting into when they sold out at the trade deadline. And it kind of worked. They made a playoff push. They upset Tampa. But you knew that a day like yesterday was coming. The exodus is here, and they aren't able to retain either Panarin, Bobrovsky, or Duchesne. Yeah, that, that's tough. Columbus is going to take a step back. Yeah, they year. are. But I tell you what, there's still a few names out here. Just looking at the list in front of me, there's some pretty good wingers that are still out there. Marcus Johansson, Boston's not bringing him back. Thomas Vanek, uh, Pat Maroon. Some pretty good names out there. a couple there. ones, yeah. yeah. How about Centerman? Uh... Derek Broussard, the hard hitter. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, how about Riley Shahan? He's all right. <laughs> Ryan is that, is, that how, is that how far we drop? <laughs> yeah, centers, there's not a whole lot of available guys left. How about on the wing positions? Justin Williams was a big part of Carolina's run. Mr. That's, Game 7. Yeah, but, I mean, it's one season. Uh, Jason Pominville. He's, uh, you know, he's still got something. He's still got something left. Devontae Smith-Pelly. That's, that's pretty good. I liked him with yeah. Washington, and it's tough for me to like a Washington guy. How about defenseman uh, Nicholas Cronwall? Think he still oh, has something yeah. left in the tank? Yeah. I, you know, I talked about that yesterday. I can't <laughs> believe I forgot about that. How about Dan Girardi? He's still got something. He's still got something he's got left. Hard, he's got a hard shot. Here's a good one. Derek England. I don't know what he brings to the table. I, I like him. I can't say I know him very well. I like him. Former captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. Andrew McDonald, Michael Delzato, Ben Lovejoy. Uh, Chris Weideman, remember him? The uh, famous for punching that ref was. It? Oh yeah, yeah. Chris Weideman. That might be more famous than anything he ever accomplishes on the ice. Yeah, probably. And then goalies. There's not a lot that's left out there. 
Cam Ward is probably the best of this group. That includes Michael Nyberth, Chad Johnson, Anti Niemi, Al Montoya. Not a lot out there for Literally goalies. just Cam Ward. <laughs> if that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Cam Ward did a great season last year. He did. I think he, for, for a while there, people weren't sure if the Hurricanes should go with him or Marisa, mm-hmm. right? So. The Carolina Hurricanes tweeted last night, he's back with a picture of Peter Mrazek. Bad move. <laughs> he had kind of a fluke year last year, and then his luck finally ran out. You think so? I'm not even a Red Wings fan, and it made me mad how inconsistent Peter Mrazek was. You don't think that it was just like a, a streaky sort of stretch for him? No. I don't think he'll okay. he'll have a season like that again. Uh, I tell you what, a couple more teams that I want to mention, one good, one bad, before we sign off. Chicago had a good day yesterday. Not sure who, who Chicago Chicago been. ended up getting Robin Letter. He had a breakout year this year with the Islanders. And I'm not sure what Corey Crawford honestly has left in the tank. I think Chicago's starting to get better in their back end, particularly defensemen and goaltending. And it comes at the expense of the Islanders, who lose Robin Leonard, and they try to replace him with Semyon Varlamov. That's a good... I think Varlamov's great. Think so? Yeah, I think Varlamov's great. I don't, I don't know. I don't like Varlamov. What has he shown you that you would, that you have disliked? The domestic violence thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in terms of hockey. <laughs> in terms of hockey, I still don't think he's as good as Robin Leonard. I, I, I have not seen anything from They did re-sign Anders Lee, their captain, to a seven-year deal, so if there's any light at the end of the tunnel, that could be it. Islanders don't have the same stuff that they were fighting for last no. season. No. So I, I don't think that they return to the playoffs this year. think so. Even with Barry Trotz? No. Okay. All right. I like that. I've got Arizona in. You've got the Islanders out. We're hot taking today. You, okay. I don't think... The, you know, Arizona in, I think, is a very <laughs> hot take. I think they're building something special. Phil Kessel does not make a playoff Don't team. you say that. <laughs> oh, we are out of time. Appreciate you as always. We'll be looking for your Thursday throwdown. Again, that's going to be with Travis Ojala Calumet. Mm-hmm. And I uh, hope you're going to have a good fourth. Yeah, I hope so too, man. <laughs> Dude, I appreciate Your birthday that. was just recently. My right? birthday was Sunday. My family's going to be up here Thursday. That's good, man. Yeah, so we're all excited for our first fourth in Marquette. That's cool, man. Well, I tell you what, we are out of time. As always, appreciate you listening. Hope that we'll have you back on again tomorrow. For John Michael Hoefling, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to Sportsman on ESPN-UB. Before the Kawhi thing came up, that they would meet with him, I kept saying, maybe they should get split among two players, perhaps even three. But if you can get Kawhi Leonard, then I say, and Laker fans are telling me, you go get him. Because if you do get him... I would just say, based on the phone calls that I've been getting from some players in the league, some of them will come from a for a minimal deal because they have a chance to play the Kawhi Leonard with Anthony Davis, with LeBron James, for the Lakers. And if that team can't get together and win an NBA championship, I don't know who can. This may not play out quickly early in the week. It may not come off the board as quickly as Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant did. And so that's causing the Clippers, the Lakers, who have significant cap space, to watch players, especially the Lakers, seeing players like Seth Curry go off the board in free agency, players who would be attractive to them. Danny Green's a player out there who's going to have to make a decision soon. He's waiting to see what Kawhi Leonard does. But opportunities are coming off the board, and Kawhi Leonard can afford to wait. Everyone's going to wait on Kawhi. Dugatti here, tune into the Sports Fan with Tanner Hoops. My man, what a great name for sports radio, Tanner Hoops. He's on weekdays at 4 o'clock on ESPN, UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.